0: hello it is monday july 13th my name is trent reinesmith i am the host of the come on now mma podcast and it's time for another edition of said podcast so earlier dominance mma manager Ali Abdelaziz who has a giant stable of fighters under him tweeted out that uh, all at ESPN MMA you have been banned from talking to any dominance fighters because you have a reporter who's targeting my champions. You need an immediate investigation for corruption today. I'm unsure of what's going on here and I, I'm gonna guess it's about Ariel Helwani in some way shape or form since those two had a falling out uh, a little while ago and I don't know I, I, I don't know what brought it about today I don't really care either because this is stupid and if this was my manager I would be kind of uh, irritated and I would be asking what the end game is here because it makes zero sense to ban your fighters and that includes uh, Kamaru Usman Um, Habib, Justin Gaethje, Cody Garbrandt, Frankie Edgar, Uh, let's see who else, anyway, a lot of big name fighters, Gilbert Burns, so yeah, a lot of big name fighters that you're cutting out of getting covered by ESPN. And like I tweeted, to borrow, kind of borrow a phrase from Luke Thomas, this would seem to be managerial malpractice. Your job is to get these folks' media appearances. And since the UFC is now partnered with ESPN, the biggest thing you can get your fighters is an interview on ESPN. And now you're saying, nope. Not gonna happen because I'm mad at this guy. I don't know what the yeah, like I said, I don't know what the end game here is, but if if I'm ESPN, first I'm asking, who is this guy and what's his problem? Because odds are, outside of ESPN MMA, no one on ESPN really knows, probably really knows who Ali Abdelaziz is, nor do they probably care who Ali Abdelaziz is because he, he, in the big picture of sports, he's not Scott Boris. So I don't know. Like, this is just dumb. It's just flat out. You you can try and spin it in, in some way that it makes it sound like, I don't know, like he's trying to get... ESPN to get rid of Ariel, but I, I don't I don't see how that would ever work. And if the end is that you're gonna have your champions or up and coming fighters or any kind any fighter really, if you're costing them media opportunities, which will also cost them money, because no one's gonna sponsor someone who's ...never going to be on ESPN... ...I don't get it... ...I've wondered... ...I've wondered over the years... ...how he keeps fighters... uh, ...under his... ...under his guidance... ...and this is just another... ...example of his poor management skills... ...so he takes something personally... ...and... ...now his fighters pay the... ...pay the price... And in the end, he'll pay the price as well because if his fighters can't make more money, then he can't make more money. So I I will never understand why someone would would want him as a representative because he's embarrassing, to say the least. And now he's costing you media appearances on the biggest forum in, in, in sports in the world. So what does he do? What does he do? He gets fighters fights. But as PFL uh, said, he's easy to deal with, which means he doesn't get fighters the best deals they could get probably. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I just think it's silly, uh, short-sighted, and flat-out dumb that a manager would, do this, and 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 it's also embarrassing. And any fighter that is under the dominance brand should be embarrassed as well, because that reflects on you. And it's just not a good look for a fighter. It's not a good look for anyone. But you uh, know, so. I'm dumbfounded, and if someone could explain it to me, please, please do, because it makes absolutely zero sense to me why any fighter would want Ali Abdelaziz as their representative. I watched the Fight Island video that was on the um, UFC's YouTube page, and I was impressed, and am impressed with the way Abu Dhabi handled and is handling the COVID-19 testing and protocol. And I think since the UFC came back to action, that what's happening in Abu Dhabi is the best the UFC has done so far. There's still two things I would like to see. One is quarantine after the event for two weeks and then testing after that quarantine. And that quarantine in my mind should be uh, it can be it it should be it should be in Vegas just like the quarantine was Vegas, Rio, Moscow and I forget where the fourth um, charter flight left from. But the quarantine should be before everybody travels home ideally and then the test and then if it's all clear then everybody can go back to their lives that would be my on my wish list but it's not so it's still what's going on is a lot better than what we had and watching that video made me realize that I would say 99.9% of what's going on in Abu Dhabi has been handled by Abu Dhabi and not by the UFC so I'm going to hold my applause here for the UFC until I see what they do if and when things can get back to to Vegas uh, the apex because we have a standard now that's fairly high and that standard is what we're seeing in Abu Dhabi and if the UFC reverts back to what it was doing in Jacksonville and at the Apex before Fight Island well that's a total failure that's a total regression and at that point I think a lot of questions should come back to the UFC of why was it done like this in Abu Dhabi but it's not being done like this in the United States and we know what what the what's going on in the United States right now is terrible uh, cases keep increasing so if anything when the fight cards do return to the apex the testing should be even more robust and the safety plan and protocol should be even even more stringent I don't know if we're gonna see that i'm gonna I'm not gonna say yes or no until the fights do come back to the apex and we see what's going on Until then, I'm I'm not going to judge, but I will say what I saw in that video and by the sounds of things in, in Abu Dhabi, what is happening right now is more the Abu Dhabi government and the Abu Dhabi tourism than the UFC. And that makes sense because if Abu Dhabi can show that it pulled off all these events, and there was not a single case of covid once fighters and their and their camps landed in in abu dhabi well then i think they will have a successful uh plan to sell to other sporting events to come to abu dhabi in the future because from what things appear here in America. We're gonna need uh, other locations to go to to hold sporting events. So if that was their plan, and by the sounds of what they're paying the UFC to hold these events, uh, that that was their plans, well, they might be rewarded uh, very handsomely if they can, if they can pull this off without a single COVID-19 case. So, Sports Business Journal is reporting that uh, UFC 251 sold about 900,000 buys in the U.S. on on ESPN Plus, which is is very good. And worldwide, I think we're looking at probably 1.3 million. Um, but 900,000 or in the 900,000 range is probably the best as far as uh, ESPN plus goes and it's as a I guess according to sports business journal um, the best since uh, the Habib and McGregor fight in October 2018 but it is not and was not. Hit it not close to that number. So Dana White did his salesman thing and tried to get people interested in it by saying it was going to be big. Okay, I'm going to guess that kind of worked, but I don't know why we have to stretch the truth here. If not, if it was going to hit nine hundred thousand, that's that's a fantastic number these days. So, and I think that number. Was 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 based pff, largely on all stepping in. I don't think a Burns fight approaches that number. I think a Burns fight, from a strictly fight fan uh, point of view, is is going to be a better fight. But I don't think it's going to sell uh, close to nine hundred thousand. I want to see that fight. But again, I, I don't think it's a nine hundred thousand dollar, a nine hundred thousand uh, buy pay per view. Maybe I'll be. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe, maybe people, the interest will be sparked in Usman after the way he handled Masvidal. But I don't think so because I don't think the casual fans are, and even some hardcore fans appreciated just what Usman did to to defeat Masvidal in that way. So that's too bad, that's too bad as well, but that's you know personal preferences, I guess, but nine hundred thousand buys very, very good number um hopefully Usman Masfit all and the other champs got a decent cut of the buys, but we we don't know but Again, very respectable numbers and congratulations to everyone involved with that. So a while back, Paul Felder stepped away from the commentary table during a event because he had a close relationship with with one of the fighters who was competing. That fighter was is Jared Gordon. So Jared Gordon is fighting on Fight Island. And Gordon's all of Gordon's coaches tested positive for COVID nineteen, so he's kinda going solo. And so now the news has come out that Felder is going to step away from the the commentary for the for that fight. But not just to step away because he has a close relationship with Gordon, but he's gonna <laughs> Step away, and this is kind of crazy. He's going to step away to corner Gordon during the fight, during his fight, and then he's going to go back to the commentary table after the fight. So I, I like this in in two ways: one, Felder's stepping away from calling his friend's fight, and two, he's going to help a man out who desperately needs corner help because everybody else that would have been there for him is is quarantining somewhere and, and tested positive for COVID-19. So I can't give enough praise here for Paul Felder for what he's doing on, on, on both fronts and good on him. And it's going to be interesting to see. And hopefully there's not, it's not a bloody fight and, you know, Felder can avoid going back to uh, the commentary table with blood on his shirt or on his uh, cuffs. So it's not something you see all the time. I think DC actually did this at one point if I'm if I'm correct. I, I'm my memory is is uh is terrible. So I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think that happened. But it's good to see like I said on a couple fronts and good luck to Paul Felder and Jared Gordon on this one Max Holloway is uh still pretty young but he's shown that he is mature beyond his years in many ways and he did so again after his loss to Alexander Volkanovski so I guess he flew back to Vegas and landed in the early morning of uh, today, of of Monday. So he tweeted out at 2.06 a.m., just landed in Vegas for another quarantine and was told some guys in the media are receiving threats for saying my fight was not a robbery. This is not okay. I appreciate everyone who wants to ride for me, but that ain't it. And he he continued on with, life isn't fair. It's even more unfair for many, many other people in the world than it will ever be for me. People are unemployed right now with no end in sight, and it's not their fault. It is what it is. Nothing changed for me as a fighter. We proved our point. I still have my five belts at home. I'm 28 and healthy. Blessed area, era, sorry, continuous, bless yourself. So first of all, I, I don't know why you would threaten a media member just for saying that they did not think that Holloway's fight was not a robbery. I mean, I, I I probably would have scored it for Holloway. I wasn't watching it in that that kind of detail, but from what I saw, and because I was also working during the fight, that it was it was his. But don't take my, you know, like I was like I said I was not concentrating on it. But had I from what I saw, I thought Holloway w- w- won, um, but this again just shows. And now he's he's auctioning off his fight kit for uh, I think for unemployed folks, um, and he's done things like this in the past. So 28, and he's 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 uh, he's if not a role model, model um, well on his way. To becoming a role model, so uh, earlier in the podcast we we saw, I mentioned Ali Abdelaziz complaining about a ESPN reporter and and wanting to pull his fighters from media of ESPN, and then you compare that to what Max Holloway is doing here, and and there's no comparison. You know, you should aspire to be more like max holloway um let these and this isn't even a little thing let things roll off your back concentrate big picture and and you know he's not going to look back he's going to look forward and move on and that's the kind of thing that people should use you you hit a brick wall here now you hit it twice you bounced off it. You thought you were going to bounce back and jump over it. That didn't happen. You 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 know you caught your you caught your toes on it on the other, on the way over this time, and slammed face first into the concrete. Holloway got up, dusted himself off. Going to move on. No big deal. It is what it is. So, be be like Max Holloway, and don't be like Ab, Ali Abdelaziz. It was pretty stunning on Saturday night to hear Dana White say that he didn't know if Aljamain Sterling would be Peter, Peter Jan's first title defense, defense because Sterling, you know, deserves that and I and Jan even said in his post-fight interview that he deserves it that that Sterling deserves that shot. And now Sterling... And I don't know what Aljamain Sterling has done to Dana White, but there's got to be something there because this man has deserved the title shot for quite some time and he has not received it. Uh, it's stunning. Uh, so today, actually yesterday, uh, Sterling tweeted at Dana White saying, there's nothing to think about Dana White. I'm the next guy in line. I earned my shot and it's time for me to realize a dream. Cut the games. Um, and I guess he also responded to Aaron Brownstetter of TSN and said, San Hagen has a be- course, Sanhagen has a better resume than Jan. And I finished that fight early. What the F else do I need to do? Seriously starting to feel like I'm the most hated guy by the UFC brass. What the F did I do wrong? Must be that I'm good at grappling, just like the 155 pound king. And then he added, he can, and this is about White saying that Gilbert Burns is next for Kamara Usman. He can't think past Wednesday, but knows Gilbert Burns is next. Like, what? I, I just wish the UFC would come out and say the UFC rankings don't mean shit. We're just going to do whatever the F we want, bud. All this hustling and I can't ever get a clear road. My star will keep shining. Yeah, this is confusing and I I, I do not understand it. And I said that the same uh, yesterday. Sterling is the number two, I believe the number two ranked bantamweight. He has won... Five fights in a row. He submitted uh, Corey Sandhagen in, in June, beat Pedro Munoz, beat Jimmy Rivera uh, by decision, beat Cody Stamen by submission, beat Brett Johns by decision, lost to Marlon Moraes in 2017 is his most recent setback. Um, that was a nasty knockout, uh, no doubt about that. But Marias, m- I think his most recent fight. A double check here was the oh no, so he lost to Henry Cejudo for the vacant title in, in June of last year, and then he beat Jose Aldo by split decision in December. But this is the fight that everyone said that not everyone, <laughs> these are that, that Dana White and Henry Cejudo said that Aldo won, and this is the fight that the UFC. And Henry Cejudo, who retired, and Dana White justified giving Aldo the, the title fight. So you can't tell me that, you, you can't sell me that Marias is next in line because he beat Aldo, but but, but then you're also selling me that Aldo beat Marias. And then you can't, there's no way you can tell me that Cody Garbrandt deserves this fight coming off one win. After three knockout losses. And, and I think that was his first win since... Uh, let me double check here. His first win since he... Uh, since he beat Dominic Cruz in 20, 2016. So, no. Aljamain Sterling deserves this title shot. And... If he doesn't get it, it's... It's... I don't know. I mean, it. it the UFC is going to do what it's going to do, but you can't, it just seems to justify rankings when it wants to and blow off rankings when it doesn't, when it doesn't want to justify them. So if you're not going to give Sterling the title fight, come up with at least a, a reasonable explanation. And neither of those explanations should be giving a title fight to either Marlon Marias or Cody Garbrandt. They just shouldn't. Aljamain Sterling deserves that fight. Anything else is just wrong. So, back to UFC 251 for a minute. FanDuel is refunding betters cash that put money on Max Holloway. Yes, this is a PR move. But it's, as PR moves go... It's hard to find fault with it, so it refunds a bunch of money, and then it kind of plants the seeds that this could happen again. You know, if you that that's something if something if there's a quote-unquote robbery that the a refund could be coming, which is good branding and good. Uh, it's good. It's good thinking. Um, now, if you don't do it another time it's short it's probably going to be a short term pr move because well you're not refunding money a second time but if if it generates more income for FanDuel even once it's a win it's a risky move but it's uh it's an admirable it's an admirable move by a a, a a betting site you don't see this you just don't see things like this so um yes PR move, but as PR moves go, it's a good one. I want to talk very briefly about the judging at UFC 251. So Dana White was critical of the judging. And let me read something that uh, John McCarthy said. Um, So McCarthy believed that, that Holloway won. Just FYI on that. But this is where I think people don't really realize where those judges came from and who selected those judges. And here's what – so the siren there because, you know, Baltimore. So this is what um, McCarthy had to say. There are certain people that were – this is where I have a problem. The UFC is responsible for the people who are their officials there. This isn't the British MMA council who is doing the inspector job and things. It's the UFC. You pick some really bad people to be your judges because they do not have the levels that it takes to be in the position that they are and judge the fight. Because the Volkanovski fight was not that hard of a fight to judge. Max was tooling him in the beginning of the fight. I'll get Volkanovski coming on in the end. Okay. But there's no way he won three rounds in that fight. Did not happen. Impossible. Sorry, I don't know what the hell you're looking at. I wrote the rules you go by for your criteria, and you're not freaking following them. I had a 3-2 for Holloway. You almost could have gone 49-46 for Holloway. So, so that's McCarthy ex- explaining his scoring of the fight, and that's all well and good. But I think what's getting missed and, and where the pressure needs to be applied here on Dana White is what McCarthy said at the very beginning, and that is... These judges were selected by the UFC. So you can point fingers at the judges, but you better, and this is to Dana White, he better point a finger back at himself or at whoever he had select these judges. The UFC picked the judges, so the UFC is responsible for the bad judging. That's how that works. So maybe someone asked Dana White, what was your criteria for selecting these judges? something to think about and edging right in here to uh, 30 minutes so gonna wrap it up for tonight be back tomorrow until then stay safe